Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I'm here with my two lovely ladies, the Sharphead and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Hanging in there. Doing Hanging pretty good. Pretty good. That's good. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. Hope you're all trying to rest and get Thursday. your head out a little bit. Thursday. We're releasing yeah. on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, we're on Thanksgiving here, but it'll be Friday. It'll be Friday by you, right? Friday by May, yes. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, half right. Time's <laughs> all messed up here. I totally forgot you guys had Thanksgiving. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Is there anything to be thankful about, ladies? Yes, there's lots to be thankful for. And we'll talk about that. I think we should talk about that at the end, maybe. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll have a little chat at the end there and say some thanks and everything. Uh, so today, uh, I think it's going to be a bit, bit, bit basic. We're going to touch on coronavirus, uh, the elections as per usual, talk a little bit about Australia and this uh, Qantas CEO that is requiring, well, is bringing up the the talk about requiring vaccines to fly. And this is something we've told you all about. So we can get into a discussion on that as well. Um, what would you like to uh, lead off with, girls? Well, you know what? Let me just throw one thing in that, that I didn't have, um, that we didn't talk about. Throw it in there. Some, something that, like, so there's a lot of things I've reported on in the past where every now and then, you know, like once a month I'll go in and I'll check on a status to see what's going on in that area. And I haven't had two seconds to write this up yet, but I want people to know if you read my four-part transgender report and then I had done like a follow-up to that on... Um, Regarding legislation, there were some states that were trying to put through. Do you guys remember that? It was like South Dakota, who I believe passed it now. And there were a couple other states at the time that were trying to pass legislation on um, not allowing doctors or parents to, um, you know, transitioning therapy, like the therapeutics, the puberty blockers, the castrations, the surgeries to children like 16 and under. And so recently now that has gone up to, there are 19 states in the process of trying to put legislation through on this. And I thought that was, that was pretty incredible. So eventually one day I'll get around to kind of bullet pointing that and writing that up because that's, that's pretty significant. It is. That's that's something you got to keep an eye on. And mentioning that, uh, Etch and I are going to do a podcast uh, this week, that we should hopefully release on Monday, uh, about something similar, about propaganda of the youth and uh, a new HBO special that came out about transitioning, and it's uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about that. And we'll probably have to bring your report up that you've done, because that was a really incredible report that you put together on the whole tra- transgender agenda. Yeah. Thank you. Revisit so, that. So, well, that's a strike. <laughs> 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 Prepare for that one. Yeah, for sure. But so, we should, should we get into this uh, election stuff first? And let's, then... sure. let's lead with that. And uh, okay. Well, actually, before we do though, I want to know what I because I only saw the clip of it. This thing going on, and there's a couple of things going on in Australia. 
But the video of uh, the the teenager being thrown to the ground, like, what was that all about? That's absolutely nothing to do with COVID. Yeah, because they said it had to do with not wearing a mask or something like that, right? It had nothing to do with that either. What Uh, was it? uh, He was just, uh, he he was causing trouble at the local pub. It's like oh, actually my local pub too. It's like down the street. It's like five minutes. <laughs> like five Your minutes local away. local pub made the news. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 pretty standard down 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 at the doorstep. So this bloke <laughs> was trying to cause a ruckus, and I guess he got tossed out. But that was they, they were very heavy handed, and that it was not cool. Yeah. No, but it, that's kind of that's pretty standard down here. And and so they were. What's your drinking age there? Huh? 18. Oh, okay. All right. Mm. So, yours is 21, isn't it? It's weird. I find that Yeah, it's 21. Well, there might be... I know years ago, years ago, Texas was like 18. I don't know what it is now. Or maybe it was you could buy it. I don't know. I I honestly don't know because I don't drink. I haven't drank for years. Yeah. The the, the thing is, it it was pretty heavy-handed by security, but... um, it's one of those things. Like, we see this shit all the time in Australia, local pubs and stuff like that. <laughs> really? it's, it, yeah, it's not. It's it's Getting nothing. Face planted to the ground. <laughs> like just kind of in our point of view, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Like he was jumping over the bar, pouring himself drinks, causing everyone trouble and shit, and they just ran it to get him out. It's and, and sometimes security guards have a hard job, man. And sometimes like they're completely in the wrong. And this guy, I think, was probably a little bit less trained than he should have been. Yeah. But um, but that um, that stuff generally always used to happen like ten years ago. I mean, it's happened to me a few times. I've been choked out and thrown out of places. Um, but wow. I deser- but, but but I deserved it in every sense of the measure that I re- <laughs> that I realized uh, that I realized in the morning, not like not at the time. At the time, I was pissed off. <laughs> but like, I woke up in the morning, and I was like, yeah, I probably deserved that. But it's just uh, every everyone's got a phone and everyone's got a camera now. Right. So these things are just always getting picked up and picked up, and the news just continue looks continues to look for sensationalism. You know how right? Well, and then they and then they slap it with because he wasn't wearing a mask. So then you know that whole intimidation factor and chaos creation. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I, I really don't think the mask had anything to do with it. Um, he was just, I'm sure he was not. just being being a bit of a dighead, but you know. About fifty gotcha. percent of the attendances at the doors are, are dickheads. So, gotcha. All right, I just needed to know that before we dive into the election. I was yeah, curious. Well, okay. Well, welcome, welcome to my local atmosphere. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I was flying out the door to get my dog to his physical therapy appointment when I saw that. I'm like, what is going on? And then while I was sitting in the parking lot waiting, because you know, God forbid, we're not allowed to go in now. I was watching um, the start of the hearing in Pennsylvania. So, interesting. Hmm. And now here I am. What's that? I'm so out of the loop on your politics. I'm trying uh, to catch up yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get you back in the loop. That's so, Ed will bring us up in. to speed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this week, a couple of things that happened that caused some confusion and doubt and, and a lot of misinformation flying around were revolving around these two two areas. 
and one was the, this sort of, sort of split between the Trump campaign legal strategy and Sidney Powell's legal strategy. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and then also this news about the GSA, the General Services Administration, which oversees the transition resources and allowing Biden's team to access those resources. So uh, starting with this divide between the legal strategies of the Trump campaign and Sidney Powell, many people were worried about that and thinking that that was some internal drama that, you know, Sidney didn't have evidence to back her claims, things like that. But the well, members- let, me, let, me, let me just interject. <clears throat> you can understand the confusion that was created by the statement that they made that was so um, kind of unprofessional the way they worded it, in my opinion. Yeah, what well, it did, a lot of people on the right and the left were confused. They're like, what's going on here? Why, what, what's the point of putting this out? Um, I guess it's a strategy, a legal strategy that they're trying to uh, to accomplish here by creating this this sort of clear cut division. And I agree, it could have been handled completely differently. Uh, mm. That wouldn't have caused so much confusion. So the Trump campaign, though, or Trump Trump legal team has said uh, Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, Joe De DiGenova, they they've all said that there's there's just two legal strategies happening simultaneously and they needed to create this this division or this uh, clear-cut definition between the two so mm -hmm. the the first one is basically securing the rightful win for trump by going after the election fraud in key states and cities and this has to be done quickly they have right. a december 14th deadline that they're trying to meet uh, before the electoral uh, vote and so they need to get to the supreme court to show this evidence that they haven't even been able to show at the lower courts because they've refused to even look at the evidence uh, because we're talking about corrupt areas corrupt cities and lower courts that are run by by democrats so but these cases will go to the Supreme Court, and they do have enough evidence just on the election fraud, uh, the, the, the election official fraud, and the constitutional arguments of equal protection uh, that they can um, just solely base it on, the, on those arguments. And mm. so it's a smaller scope, it's more easy to prove, and it should move more quickly through the courts. Um, as opposed to what Sidney Powell is accomplishing uh, with her case. So, um, and Justice Alito has actually even signaled already that these constitutional arguments are winners. So that is the strategy that the Trump campaign legal team is approaching from. It's a, a, a quicker, uh, more uh, narrow approach that they believe is, uh, you know, a, a slam dunk. So that's what they're going to focus on. The mm -hmm. second legal strategy is going after the security of our elections, not just for a Trump win, but for all elections in the future. And this is by targeting the election fraud through Dominion and Smartmatic. And this strategy is a longer timeline. It's a much larger scope. And it's not likely that it's going to be uh, resolved in this narrow window of one or two weeks, which Giuliani's team is shooting for. Uh, so 
there's no internal fight between the Trump legal team and Team Sydney or Team Linwood. They're all actually working in coordination and sharing information. There's just simply a, they're attacking the problem from two different angles simultaneously with two right. different strategies. The Trump legal team is doing a quick, hard strike to secure Trump's rightful victory. And the Powell team is doing this longer barrage to secure free and fair elections uh, for this election and for all future elections. And the, another clear definition is that the Trump team's client is clearly the president. And here with Sydney, she's re actually representing all of us, we the people. And right. so we need to also just keep in mind, keep that in mind. And if you feel compelled to do so, please do support Sydney and her efforts because it is very important what she's trying to accomplish here uh, with exposing all of this stuff with Dominion and Smartmatic. And you can go to her um, defendingtherepublic.org website if you want to look into uh, to supporting her legal defense fund for that. So I just wanted to clear that up um, because I know that the mainstream media, especially in the left, have jumped on that and tried to sow fear and doubt and confusion um, with with that division or that that those two clear cut different strategies that are going on simultaneously. Right. Um, so the second thing that caused a, a stir this week was also that Trump gave the green light for the General Services Administration, that's the GSA, which oversees all of this transition resources stuff to allow the Biden team access to those resources. And now, of course, the left and the media all we're echoing that this is Trump signaling that he's he, that he's going to concede, but he's not saying that at all. He said that uh, in some tweets this week uh, that Emily Murphy, who runs the GSA, has been harassed, threatened, abused, and uh, he doesn't want to see that happen to her, her family, or the employees of the GSA. And he has gone on to explain in other tweets stating, what does GSA being allowed to preliminarily work with the Dems have to do with continuing to pursue our various cases on what will go down as the most corrupt election in American political history. We are moving full speed ahead. We never concede to fake ballots and dominion. That does not sound like a concession to me. So, right. <laughs> and right. then here's another thing that you need to keep in mind with this whole GSA story is that, the question is, what kind of trap is the Biden team walking into after knowingly committing this election fraud and then accepting these federal resources? We're talking about not just uh, some tools in order to to. No, we're transition. talking about millions of dollars. Yes, we're talking about millions of dollars here. So what kind of trap are they falling into here by knowingly accepting these federal resources after knowingly committing election fraud yep. in this transition? You have to remember Trump is always 10 steps ahead here. So um, just keep that in mind and just take all of that with a grain of salt. This is in no way a concession. Uh, there's no conceding going on at all nope. at this point. And um, so as for Sydney's um, Dominion case, there's a lot of naysayers in the media and on the left and the right 
calling this all tinfoil hat conspiracy theories. She doesn't have any evidence. Uh, you know, we need to move on and just go after the things we know we can prove. Um, this is all garbage. There is an avalanche of mounting evidence that Dominion was used to commit massive voter fraud. And I trust that Cindy Powell is going to do an outstanding job proving her case in court. And she's filing in Georgia, uh, actually today, the day we're recording, Wednesday, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. And she says this is going to be a massive document with a lot of exhibits. Uh, mm -hmm. So that should make for a very interesting Thanksgiving holiday. I can't wait to hear about this. She's previously said it's going to be biblical. Yes, it's going to be biblical. And she's great, Sydney Powell. And when when that thing came out with the Trump team, I think a lot of people were pissed off, man. A lot of people were like, Hey, why are you going after our Sydney? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's well protected for Patriot. Yeah, so I cannot wait to see what is in this massive document that she's filed with all of the exhibits and to hear all about it. Uh, but I know that she uh, has been working tirelessly on this and has a ton of evidence from all different areas. Uh, so there's some interesting developments worth noting uh, this week. Uh, Lynn, Lynn Wood tweeted out this article this week yeah. entitled, Sydney Powell's Kraken is a DOD cyber warfare program. We are at war. So this article um, also included inside the article a, a video that was in, embedded. And in this video, there, there's a, a major, uh, his name is Major Jeffrey Prather, and he describes the Kraken as it is actually the name of a counterinsurgency tool that is able to track voting, vote switching. So this is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then what makes it even more interesting is that as confirmation of this, both Sidney Powell and the president retweeted this article. And in Sidney Powell's, so, 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 uh, President Trump retweeted Lynn Wood's tweet of this article. Mm -hmm. Sidney Powell retweeted it with a, with a comment, just basically with a laughing emoji, emoji saying, who knew? <laughs> sort of joking, obviously, <laughs> indicating that Sidney Powell knew exactly what she was referring to when she made this infamous statement about releasing the Kraken, yeah. because the Kraken was obviously uh, referring to this, this tool that they have that is probably their ace in the hole here. I, I don't want to get ahead of things, but this is looking really promising here that there was a, 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 a tool used to be able to track the vote switching. Yeah. So, so this is getting really interesting. I think we need to buckle up. But, yeah. Uh, so, so just quick status update on different states. So in Georgia, in Georgia, we have Sydney. She's filing her massive Dominion case. In Nevada, the Trump campaign's been given a go-ahead for depositions and hearing. It, it, that is set for December 3rd. In Arizona, Kelly Ward has filed an election contest uh, filing. And in Pennsylvania, Arizona, and in Michigan, the legislators have agreed to public hearings this week and next week to hear arguments 
witness testimonies, review affidavits. That's starting in Pennsylvania today, Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Giuliani is there as we speak, as we're recording. So that is going it also on. Also right added now. Nevada. I believe it's December 3rd. There's going to be a public hearing in Nevada. And then, um, uh, Emerald Robinson just uh, tweeted out that a judge in Pennsylvania has halted certification of the election results. Yes. Not yes. Sure. Okay. I wasn't sure if you saw that. Yeah. So this thing is far from over. Don't listen to anybody telling you that uh, Sidney Powell doesn't have any, any, anything. It's all conspiracy theory. This is all over. Trump needs to concede. No, this is not anywhere close to over so and it's just now actually getting interesting so pay attention now what do you guys think about the rumor going around um i just kind of was sitting on it to see what came of it but the rumor going around about trump pardoning flynn flynn yeah i wrote a little bit out about that to talk about that here's my thoughts on it so these this this report came out by axios right yeah and when i saw that i'm like meh i don't uh, i'm not really Me. buying it no no and because it's citing sources with direct knowledge you know right right and then right. they all start sharing like yes. all media sources start sharing it and i'm like i don't know about this yeah, right. But then then what gave it a little bit more credence was that John Solomon and Kevin Court came out confirming it as though, you know, their sources are also saying the same thing. That gives it a little more credence in my opinion. Use your own discretion, but still we're going off of sources with direct knowledge, you know, so but but there's been mixed reactions with this news. Some people are really happy that Flynn will finally be free, but others just really want to see him exonerated. And I understand right. both sides. Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I'm at. You, you don't need to pardon a person if he gets exonerated. Yeah. And, and, and he here's, was set up. He didn't do anything wrong. A pardon makes it look like he was guilty or something. Right. And here's where I stand on it. I just want to see uh, or hear the president or General Flynn or Sidney Powell themselves come out and say it. And they haven't. Right. I've been watching their Twitters closely. No, no comments from on any of this reporting. Not even right. anybody in the Flynn family has has uh, commented on these reports, to my knowledge. I, I was looking through their, uh, their, their Twitter feeds and everything. No, I think one of – was it Joseph? I think one of them said um, – something about i can't remember the exact language but he said something about exonerating him so he wasn't really going along with the pardon that was the impression i got i can't um gosh i don't know where i saw it so i don't know i don't know i was holding out on that one myself just to see i mean you know he's always got that option in his back pocket and we know Sullivan is an asshat. So, and Sullivan's stalling. Yeah, he keeps stalling. He keeps stalling. And so, um, I would be okay either way. I'm glad. I would be happy and relieved for the Flynn family that that this saga would be behind them. The but good news I understand. Is he's covered either way. He's covered either way. So I'm just gonna wait and see what the president says about it and what Sidney Powell or General Flynn say about it you know, to, to go any further with that. Right. It makes, makes me sad that I lost my account and he was following me. 
had so oh. many famous people following oh. me. Then. <laughs> I had, had him, I had Jim Jameson, I had Stephen Baldwin. That was my favorite. Makes <laughs> <laughs> mm. me sad. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's all right. I'm never going to get them back. Oh, oh it's bigger know. and better. You never know. Got to like get back on there and throw your icon up and. Oh God, That's, they're onto me already. They're onto <laughs> me already. I may already have a secret account that I'm browsing on. Oh. But they're onto me. They're onto me already. Oh boy. Yeah, sir. So, I think oh. um, I think I'm just gonna have to work on uh, videos and content yeah. creating. We'll just keep moving forward. Yeah. You Thank guys you. have got the Twitter spear. <laughs> Cover all our bases on different platforms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, as you guys know, I have been working, I have like over 25 page of research notes on COVID. On some data points I've been wanting to cross-reference and dig into um, that I haven't really seen reports on so much. And I had started on this, you know, a while before the elections, but then when the elections hit, I had to like put the whole thing on hold so I just, I decided I was going to do it in bite-sized pieces so that I'm not publishing this ginormous report. So I broke it down into different topics. And the one that I just published, um, I don't even know, on the 24th was on hospitalizations, a reality check. I wanted to show people some statistics and some data points because, as you know, the media was just we broke a world record, 100,000 new, 100, new cases today. And they keep calling them cases, not positive tests, with most people having little to no symptoms. But we're going to call them cases as though these are sick disease people that are going to die. And they blow everything out of proportion. And hospitals are, you know, reaching full capacity everywhere and we have to go into lockdowns again and da 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 so the reality is in 2017-2018 flu season 810,000 people were hospitalized did we do you guys even remember hearing about that no i don't remember hearing a thing about it i mean i'm sure they were doing their usual you got to go get your flu vaccine but we hear that every year so we're kind of numb to that at this point but as far as hospitals filling up, being at capacity, running short on ventilators, um, on, on supplies, and, and, and this stuff was, was going on in some hospitals, but there was very little reporting on it. They sure as hell weren't telling everyone they needed to mask up to save lives and that we needed to lock down and we needed to shut the economy down and... You know, 61,000 people died. Now, some people are coming in and saying it was 80,000. So here's what the CDC does. They put out their estimated reports, okay? They're always one to two week lag time behind. They, so they pump out their reports. All the news sources start pumping it out. And before you know it, everyone is, is saying 80,000. Then as months tick on, the CDC goes back in and they cross-reference all death certificates and they verify. And, and yes, I know they lie, but they had officially finalized the death at 61,000. At any rate, the point is, as of the 17th 
of November, when I had run these numbers, we were at a cumulative hospitalization for COVID, which is over the course of 10 months, which is longer than the flu season, at 517,471. That's cumulative. So we're really at like 64% of the hospitalization rate for the flu season in 2017, 2018. Then the actual, um, the, as of the 17th, the actual people that were hospitalized at that time on that day was about 77,000. So we're talking there's over 6,000 hospitals across the country. Um, that, but, but here's the thing that's really misleading. So do you guys remember earlier on in the whole COVID situation where they were actually cutting staff at a lot of places and a lot of people were complaining because they were losing their jobs because they were only keeping people on just for COVID or you know, they were closing up certain wings or they were setting up just one wing for COVID. And so they, or they only used certain rooms that had proper ventilation. Do you remember all that? Yep. Yeah. So now <clears throat> what, what, what all of this has created, that coupled with shutting people out from their elective surgeries and other important treatments that needed to be done, these people started then coming in, trying to catch up on all of that a lot of hospitals were still understaffed. And so now what they do is if they get, you know, 10 or 15 COVID patients in, they say, we're at full capacity. We're freaking out. We're understaffed. Well, 22% of hospitals are understaffed, but it's a combination of a multitude of things. It's not because there's a thousand people that just came through the door to one hospital for COVID, you know? So they- right. That's, that's they, what they're making. That's what they're making it out to uh, seem like from Australian news. I don't yeah. know, I think most of the West news. They totally manipulate the numbers and they stoke fear, and it really irks me to no end. And so this, so okay, so there's this the COVID tracking project, which is by the Atlantic journalists from the Atlantic, which we know how wonderful they are. So they created this, the algorithms to aggregate this information from HHS and hospitals and yada, yada, yada. The CDC, mainstream news, uh, Johns Hopkins, even the White House grabs some of their data and some of their charts. So this is the source I was using because it's the main source that was actually tracking on a daily basis the cumulative hospitalization rate. So I'm at like my fourth day in on cross-referencing numbers. I just, you know, I had that tab up the whole time. And I go back in on the 17th and the column's gone. I'm like, what the hell? What's going on? I'm hitting refresh. So I go back into my archive. I'm like, there it is. And look, now it's gone. The entire cumulative hospitalization column, they hid. Now they still have the current, so just the day of, but they hid the other. You know what else they hid? The recovered. Because they never want people to see the good news. So they hid the recovered column. And if you go into their website and you look at the data, there's a little link if you want to download it in CSV. Well, how many people do you think are really going to download this? So when you download it, those columns are there. But to the public eye, just go into their website, they're not going to see those columns anymore. This is the kind of shit that right. pisses me off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Google does the same thing. Total cases, not positive tests, 
but total cases, total deaths, and then the recovered is just a big fat blank. And they have every capability of aggregating those numbers in. Right. It's all about perception. Yep. Yep. So I have a lot more data in here for anyone who wants to read it. I'll, I'll put the link. Um, this is primarily focused on the hospitalizations. I have other articles I'm working on that focus on other areas um, of the data that they have skewed and manipulated to try and intimidate and scare people into, you know, wearing masks and eventually jumping off the edge of a cliff. So, yeah, you know, I, I have a theory about the timing on this. It seems to align with the um, all of these uh, liberal-run cities and states um, that are pushing, you know, the, the the more mandates, especially around Thanksgiving, and then also expected to be around Christmas as well. Just this oh, yeah. this, this season where we're normally gathering with with people, and they're pushing this so heavily right now, and then they're like oh, wait, the numbers don't match up what we're saying. So let's just hide this column here, uh -huh. hide that column there. Yeah, so oh, just yeah. so they can push this narrative and this fear again, we're just, you know, recycling that, that it's, fear again. It's complete again. hogwash. And I talk with people who work in hospitals across the country, and they're like, we are not full. In fact, we only have two COVID patients right now. Or we had four COVID patients over the last week that all died, but they were in... Um, stage four cancer, couple were in hospice, you know. So, <clears throat> excuse me, this is, this is the kind of stuff I hear all the time. And uh, it's very frustrating. And yeah, they're doing it all over again to people, shutting down the economy. Like on the, on the biggest time of sales, they're shutting down the economy. Why? Because people can go online to Amazon and the big stores and buy from there. But a lot of your brick and mortars don't have the, the, the online presence, you know? Um, and if they do, Google is sure to push them on page three of the search results. So that's what they do. doing this all over again to people and so. <clears throat> people really need to take a stand, keep their businesses open. We're starting to see more of that, more of that happening. So kudos to everyone who's, you know, standing up to this, um, because yeah. as you can, as we've seen, the governors aren't even minding their own orders. So right, I think uh, it, obviously this has to do with the election, and uh, but also I think um, it plays into this whole Great Reset initiative, yep. and really they're trying to consolidate uh, power power into these these corporations like Amazon, um, mm -hmm. and closing down these small types of businesses. Um, and just basically really getting as much of the power and the money into the hands of the fewer um, to where the rest of the people are reliant on that consolidated power that they want um, under the Great Reset. So um, yeah, beat, I, it all comes into play. It. Oh, I did? Yeah, beat, I read your mind? Yeah, you, you, read your mind <laughs> you read my mind. Yeah, that, but like you got to um, remember with this agenda is they, they hate you. They hate your small business. They mm -hmm. hate anything that can challenge their consolidated power because we know Amazon works with the government. We know Google works with the government. We know they're all in, in each other's pocket and control is one of the main things that they seek after. So like, let's look for an example of what's going on on YouTube at the moment. There's this content creator called Belle Delphine. Um, she's not really my, my thing. Um, some of her content is uh, quite sexualized, but, She's an independent content, content creator. She's allowed to do her own things. There's nothing illegal about what she's doing. 
right? That's just capital capitalism. She's got millions of followers. So YouTube has just banned her videos now for sexual content or explicit, you know, something along those lines was what they um, categorized it as. Now, my theory behind this is because we know how completely hypocritical they are when it comes to these sort of bans. Uh, so they don't want anyone independently, you know, building up bases bigger than what they've got. But, you know, you've got Cardi B over there shaking her ass on a video that's got like 200 million views, right? right? And that's posted on the trending page. That's at like number three on the trending page. But an independent content creator can't do it. Right. Right. Yeah. So that, that, that that's, that's the hypocritical, uh, hypocritical aspect of it all. And the reason they do that is because they get millions of dollars from that Cardi, Cardi B doing it. They don't get millions of dollars of Velda Foon doing it. Right. She gets millions of dollars. Right? That's the difference. Oh, yeah. And then they can control her and use her wherever they want and say, we need you to do this. We need you to say this. And, we, you know. Yep. yep. So that's why what, that's what they're really afraid of, independent uh, content creators. And that's something that we, I believe, is something so important to work towards uh, for the next 5, 10, 15 years is independent uh, businesses, independent content creators really finding a way to shine. And we know it's going to be incredibly hard for us because they are slapping us off platforms and they are putting every roadblock in our way to stop that. But as as communities, if we can work together, there's, there's always ways to rise above it. It's the mainstream media is dead. The legacy media is dead, and we know this. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood. And Hollywood. Yep. So what's going on in, in Australia with uh, the airlines? What's happening with that? Yeah, that's the big one. Uh, well, first, COVID hasn't been too bad here for the last 20 days. I think we're all pretty covered. Um, seems like it's all going away. There was this scare in in South Australia the other day. Now, South Australia was uh, a place that was pretty clear for a while. And this is the, uh, this is the thing we've got to, got to watch now because it's just an over-protection uh, sort of a scramble now. When it's, so, so, like, they get one COVID case and they tried to lock the whole state down, right, for, like, seven <laughs> days hard lockdown. And you... And I was like with that, that message that I sent you the other day, Corey, with the police saying that a guy can't go out and walk his dog. Right. Right. It was insane. Not allowed to exercise or walk his dog. Screw mm-hmm. that. Yeah. For like one case that popped up, shut down the whole economy of the state and all that because of it. It's this excessive thing that is going to keep going on. Uh, this is not going to stop. There's going to be cases that pop up here and there and that's going to happen. That happens with viruses, right? This is, right? this is not anything new. But every time scrambling to lock down a state because of it is going to cause so much economic fluctuation. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not going to be good for the economy in any, any way. It's, it's kind of like a child's take on, uh, on it. Like one thing can't be operating without the other thing going on. It's really dangerous for our economy. But get, but get, but getting to this Qantas thing. So Qantas C, uh, the Qantas CEO came out the other day, and this is only just recent. Uh, CEO Alan Joyce said that he's looking to change the terms and conditions for international travellers uh, that will make a vaccination sort of uh, proof a proof of vac- vaccination on one's passport, or it will be like a separate digital passport 
that they would have to show before they can fly on Qantas flights. Mm-hmm. So we've told people about this for ages. Yeah. We, told, we, we told you years ago, you know, most true speakers told you that they want to they, they chip you, right? they want to do that, and they, everyone got blown off as conspiracy theorists. Well, now it's happening. Right? Oh, yeah. And all the mainstream news has sat there and made jokes about it. Oh, they, they're talking about chips and yada. You know what? Whether the chip's inside you or it's in some passport, either way, they are freaking con- trying to control you through it from housing to healthcare to travel to work to food to, to all of it. It's the, the, the boil the frog. What they do is they move slowly. They don't go straight to the, we're going to insert a chip in you. No, it starts right. with the masks. It's they're conditioning you. In each step mm-hmm. that you're becoming more conditioned, you're becoming more willing to take the next step. So it starts with the masks. Then it moves to, okay, you have to show your uh, proof of a vaccine or mm-hmm. that you're, you, have to, you, you have to get your temperature taken before you can enter places. Okay, then you have to show your proof of a vaccine just on paper just on paper there's going to be a little qr code and then it's going to be a wristband okay that's going to have all of your medical records your biometrics we can take your temperature we can know if you're infected people are losing the wristband and you're yes in the wrist (laughs) exactly exactly so it's a it's incremental it's by design and each step is conditioning people to accept that reality and i think that Qantas, and so just for people who are not from Australia because I wasn't familiar with Qantas. So Qantas is the is your major airline there or one of your major uh, airlines? One, one of our major airlines. Um, okay. But, but what he also said is that other airlines are going to follow suit. And I imagined this was going to be the case. In fact, we actually talked about this when we talked about the Great, great Reset in our Hive Mind podcast is that this is what they're moving towards. And it really doesn't have anything to do with COVID. The COVID is the excuse. It's, it has to do with mass surveillance and with mass control. And they do want to ultimately chip us. They're not going to come out straight and say that, you know, initially, but it's, it's this step-by-step procedure to move people in that direction. And in this, this uh, you know, airlines requiring you your proof of vaccination is just one of those steps. You're going to start seeing more and more airlines do that. You're going to start seeing more and more businesses start doing that. What's going to happen when grocery stores or your big Walmarts or your big, you know, Costco's or whatever start requiring that? You know, people need to start thinking about that where they draw the line and say, look, I'm not we doing We need to this. draw that line in the sand right here and right now or you can kiss it goodbye. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's what happens. They take a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then before you know it, you look back and they've taken a lot. And for anyone who says, Trump will never let this happen. Okay, this is all on a state by state level. So the states are going to determine this crap or your corporations are going to demand this. Yes, it's the going airlines to be a- are going to demand this. And they're all in this together. It's going to be corporations that determine this. And corporations have the right, whether we like that or not, they have the right to refuse if you don't have a vaccine if that's their demand and so uh, um, unless there is some sort of legislation that's passed and and, you know to change that I don't know but but as for now they can say we're going to require a COVID vaccine uh, and proof of that in order to allow you into our business and so I don't know at this point how much uh, power Trump has over that um, unless 
And meanwhile, they're working as hard as they can to to put all the smaller businesses out of business. So yeah. you're left with just the corporations that are going to tell you what to do. It goes right in my mind today. Beat me Sorry, go ahead. Take it go. away. <laughs> no, that's okay. You just covered it. You're all <laughs> on top of it today. I like it. I like to sink. <laughs> I like to sink. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So what's everyone doing for Thanksgiving? I am going to celebrate a, the funeral of my pet turkey with a, a large <laughs> group of family members. We're going to gather and pray and give thanks for his life, and then we're going to eat him, and we're going to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be a wonderful ceremony, so I hope you guys are doing the same. Well, speaker yeah. might not. <laughs> right, I, right. <laughs> I'm going to have Thanksgiving, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going so over. To I, my, my dad does the cooking. Oof. Although I am going to make a sweet potato casserole. I'm, 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 I'm making it like a goal. Hopefully, I can get over there by next year. I was supposed to be in America this year, but of course, right? can't get there. Um, I'm making it a goal next year to have Thanksgiving with you, Corey. So that's the well, plan. Dude, you better do it before the uh, tell you that you gotta be vaccinated. Well, well that's fly. well that's only Qantas at the moment. I'll try to fly on the more um uh the the other airlines that are not pushing that yet. There you go. Yeah, Safe I never fly I never fly Qantas anyway, Qantas is shit. Uh and and yeah. now that's they've just quite completely lost my business, so I'm all about road tripping, so you know. I can't. We don't have any bridges. <laughs> I can't really get there. The bridge. I can't really, can't really get there. I mean, I could take a boat, but it's gonna take a really long time. I'm not referring to you. I'm oh. just. Saying, you know, I can't. I actually like flying. I just don't like the airports. <clears throat> Too many crowded people with anxiety. I don't like it. Oh, I love airports. Ugh! Shut up. Mm. Yeah, no one love airports. Really? No. I love pass. airports. Yeah, because it's like I love airports because it's like a start of a journey. It's like you're getting ready to go on an you're getting ready to go on an adventure. You know Mm. what I mean? Yeah. Once you're on the plane, that's a good feeling, but getting to that point is a pain in the ass. It is. I hate it. I'm I'm all for it. Mm. I'm all for the road trip myself. That too. I'm all for traveling in general. I am a traveler by heart. Both of you guys are ramblers. I like it. Mm-hmm. Both mm-hmm. of you guys um, are ramblers. I, I like it. Need my RV. Yes, you do need an RV. Corey on her her road tour, exposing <laughs> corruption yeah. all along the way. That's That'd be fun. And we can get our drone, Corey, and get some sweet yes. drone footages, and I can work cool. on my editing. That'd be cool, huh? Oh, we could have campfires every night, walk in nature every day. I could sit at a picnic table on my laptop and jam on some research. That'd be mm. fantastic. Can party with some locals. I'm all down for it. Yeah. yeah. Just keep dreaming, guys. This is, this, <laughs> this is it. I mean, we, we got to keep dreaming. We got to stay positive. We got to look towards the future. We got to shape our own futures. These people who are trying to shape our future for us, they do not define us. We can create our own future and keep dreaming for the and going for those goals. That's what I say. And That's I say correct. we have a lot to be thankful for. I am thankful that I live in America. I am thankful that the Founding Fathers created a constitution, that it 
is well defined and laid out for us um, and I'm thankful that we have patriots every single day who are fighting for our constitutional rights like That's Trump right. like Sidney Powell like Lynn Wood like Giuliani and so many others that are really trying to uh, to fight for our constitution and for our free our and elections and our freedom yes so we do have a lot to sit down and be thankful for. Uh, I know it's hard because, you know, there is so much negativity. Uh, but hopefully people during this Thanksgiving holiday get to sit down and relax a little bit and kind of regroup and remember um, all those good things to be thankful for. What do you think? That's the plan. Yeah. Well... I'm glad we, I'm also thankful for all of our listeners too, because we have some amazing people who support us in a numerous ways. And um, so shout out to all of you people. We love you. And I'm actually thankful we get to spend a few minutes with you on Thanksgiving day. So we love you guys. And it's always, it's always good to see the repeat comments by the consistent viewers. And that always makes you feel good. And we know who you are. We see you. It's just really hard to, get back to everyone <laughs> just in general but we definitely know who you are and we definitely appreciate everything you do so absolutely thank you for sticking with us yeah happy thanksgiving to you all we love you all happy and thanksgiving yes yes enjoy your time this thanksgiving holiday and uh, we will see you back soon right here on dig it with the speaker Myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.